it sounds cliche, but that being part of who I am is really valuable for me. And I, and I feel like people coming into this from, we call them alternative backgrounds or non-traditional back people who didn't go to school for computer science or, or engineering degrees. Or if you landed here and, you know, this is a second or third, fourth career, whatever, I feel like those backgrounds have a lot of value. I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, there are probably some things, but off the top of my head, really, the broader picture, I'm pleased with where I'm at. Other than feeling like, oh, yeah, I've got, I'm coming up on 40 and probably should be further along in in the career, but I've made up for that by making some aggressive moves. Hello, and welcome to Developer's Journey, the podcast bringing you the making of stories of successful software developers to help you on your upcoming journey. I'm your host, Tim Bourguignon. On this episode 224, I receive Grant Glidewell. Grant, Texas, born of House Glidewell, first of his name, the free-thinking skeptic. Oh, he's, he's making a face right now. King of caffeination, explorer of JavaScript, quick mover and breaker of things, discoverer of solutions and father of Logan. What's more to say, your, your majesty, welcome to the journey. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, I didn't prepare you for that. <laughs> that was, yeah, was a bit of a... My wife wrote that. <laughs> it's, I still love it. I can't think of anything better. No, I can't hear. I would have found it and say, oh, this is, this is going to be the intro. So great, really welcome on the show. Thanks for having me. But before we come to your story... I want to thank the terrific listeners who support the show every month. You are keeping the Dev Journey lights up. If you would like to join this fine crew and help me spend more time on finding phenomenal guests than editing audio tracks, please go to our website devjourney.info and click on the support me on Patreon button. Even the smallest contributions are giant steps toward a sustainable Dev Journey journey. Thank you. And now, back to today's guest. As you know, the show exists to help the listeners understand what your story looked like and imagine how to shape their own future. So I suggest, like always on the show, actually, let's go back to your beginnings. Where would you place the start of your dev journey? Ah, so that's, that's a difficult question because there's a, there's a few places in time where I could say this this story begins right like oh as a child here or there and and for for the listeners he he gives you a little bit of time before the show to kind of think on this so you're extra confused when the question comes up <laughs> like it's it's definitely there to 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 whip up some internal conflict um, come on i'm sure there's a couple of books have been written on you and the story is clear <laughs> no? if only yeah oh, time, time is not linear in my universe it, it's <laughs> it's wild so there's there's some kind of Early roots. We'll start. We're start. We'll start earlier than than the true beginning. We'll we'll get to the true beginning where there's like intention in like I want to do this as a career. But I mean, as a kid, I was exposed to computers quite a lot. My dad was a consultant and worked in technology and with with tech companies. And so I I had a lot of exposure early in my childhood. Computers at home, fast internet before there was cable internet. Like we had a 56.6 when everybody else was on a 28.8 modem. If you know what that is, you're probably my age. Congratulations, <laughs> we're old. So I, I can hear the tone already. Yeah. So so you know Lots of that early, early internet adopters, online gaming, Quake, Quake Team Fortress. I was, I was in a Quake Team Fortress 
clan, which is not like the weird hood hood guys clan. This is like just a group of nerds that play the same game. Mm-hmm. So I, I had a lot of like early exposure to this. And and honestly, when I was a kid, I really thought before some other things got in the way, which I, I think we should probably get into. Some other things got in the way, but one of one of the things that I really thought I would do was exactly what I do now, like software engineering, something just in the tech industry. Like that's that's really where my head was at. Before before we continue, did you picture mm-hmm. what you are doing today or did you picture just being in this industry? So I I did have some understanding. So like the web that we experience today did not exist. Like the the concept of pulling a, a screen out of your pocket and having access to anybody really just was unfathomable. I sound so old saying this. <laughs> You probably, I mean, I'm exactly as old as you are, probably, <laughs> or even older. You remember when Matrix came out, and there was this this slide phones with a with a slider to to pop up the uh, the, the, the oh buttons. yeah, this, this is that old. <laughs> oh, so much cooler than the than the flip phone of the time. Uh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's slide we're, phone. We're that old. I, I think Samsung's going to try and bring that back. We'll we'll find out. <laughs> yes, probably. Oh, jeez. Um, Sorry, I got you. So we're so, talking about how the web so, works. So yeah, I, the the job that I have currently like didn't really in earnest exist, but I I remember a very early experience. I I somehow interned, like gigantic air quotes, interned. My my dad was consulting for a company called Ivid. It stood for Interactive Video Ivid Communications. Wow, this is not something that was even on on my little outline. This is just memories that are coming back to me now. Awesome. So I have a communications, I'm in there, I'm interning, and I am being visually in some pre-Adobe product, what is it, Future Splash Animator? This was, this company was purchased by another company that turned it into Flash, and then that was absorbed by Adobe, if I'm remembering that whole ancient historical timeline correctly. So I built something in what eventually was Flash. And it was, it was simple enough that, you know, like 12 year old me could do it. And it's not dissimilar to what YouTube was because the whole point of this was to show off some interactive video feature that this company was, was trying to come out with. They ended up contracting a lot with police and military to do video things with police and military that I, I, I'm not sure I'd be a huge fan of today, but whatever, Mm -hmm. um, but that that was kind of my early exposure in in technology, and I definitely saw myself wanting to move in that direction. But what I do currently didn't really exist mm-hmm. for yeah. you know the the masses and, and the populations. But s- some stuff kind of got in the way. I took a detour, and that led me to a whole different career that I think we should just briefly kind of go over because it ended up failing spectacularly and exploding, and and I. I think a lot of it set me up to do well in the position that I'm in now. So I I started drinking at like 10 years old and that like didn't work very well for me. I was kicked out of school. And so I was like, okay, alcohol is not a good idea. Maybe, maybe drugs will work. So I start doing drugs and I'm just going to like very generally say like drugs also did not work for me. Shockingly at 12 or 14 years old, I was kicked out of school again. By the time I was 16 years old, I had ended up in the hospital three times that year. And the most, like the the last time I was in the hospital, this is the last time I ever used any drugs at 16 years old. Wow. Like I, I, I don't remember very much about it. It was, it was, it was an overdose of 
a combination of lots of drugs and wound up in a substance abuse treatment program. And that shaped a lot of my kind of late teen years where I wasn't ever kicked out of school again. I managed to stay clean. Like it's been 22 years. So yeah, I mean, like after, after five or seven years, I was just like, it just becomes what it is. It's, I, I, I don't feel like I deserve a cookie for just doing the right thing and not being a miserable human being to be around. Like, you know, just being a person here. But this set me up and put some people in my life that are still around today, instead of wanting to be involved in technology and wanting to kind of seek out that lifestyle, it became about wanting to help other people find what I had found, which was to me kind of saving my life and by extension, helping them to kind of save their own lives. And so for, for 15 years, I was training to be and becoming and being a substance abuse counselor. And so like at 18 years old, I was working in acute psychiatric hospitals, put myself through college while doing that and ended up running a private practice with a friend of mine who we are still friends today. I specialized in working with adolescents and their families because that's really where my expertise lies. Like kids trying to get sober have very unique uh, needs and it's a, it's a tough time to try and get clean. So that's what I did for, for a long time. And so I, I have a lot of experience in you know, hospitals, medical industry, and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, that's, as, that's as deep as I think we need to get into that. What happened is, so like I, I don't want to get political. There, there was a very good thing that happened. We, we call it Obamacare. More people getting health care had this knock-on effect in, in health insurance and in billing for health insurance and in trying to get reimbursed uh, for treatment. And so this had a very direct negative impact on my practice and our ability to really make ends meet. And so I got to a point where there was months that I was looking at like not paying bills or picking which bills I was going to cover this month. Like it was really, really rough. And I hadn't had that, you know, in the 15 years prior of, of doing this kind of work. So, so it was rough. And that's, that's really where I started to in earnest, intentionally try to become a developer. Wow. First of all, thank you for going that, uh, that deep on that story. That, that is indeed something that happened and, and derailed that story <laughs> that you had planned before. Yes. I took a detour. Yes. That, that's the detour. G- getting out of this detour, did you consider something else? Then, then going back to, to tech or was it just this lighthouse? There was, there was some consideration to going and like working at a hospital again, Mm -hmm. but it, it, it just wasn't a good option. So, so the, the external impression of working as a software developer is that like you, you make millions of dollars and you drive around in Lamborghinis. Like it's, it is a solid financial place that you can get to, which is, which is really all I wanted is, you know, Lamborghinis and whatever, whether or not that's the reality is, is, is a different story. But I, I wanted something that was financially stable after feeling how bad it feels to be literally insolvent is, is, it was a, it was a bad experience. And there was, there was an immense amount of pressure and so at the, at the time, I, I knew somebody who did this, this kind of work. He worked in, in, in Drupal. And I still work with this guy. Like I, I, 
I work with him today and it's, it's absolutely wild that like we've gone from, you know, him teaching me like what a for loop is to we like have architected solutions together. It's wild how much things have changed. Yeah. That, 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 that hints at my next question, actually. How, how did you approach this transition after 15 years? As you said just before in my previous question, it was a completely different space 15 years ago. And so when you started approaching this, this new idea, okay, now I'm going to start getting into tech again. How do you start that? With wild desperation. <laughs> there just was, there was no other option. Right. And, and trying to go back to school, this costs money. My, my wife was, I believe, finishing up school at the time or had just finished school. And so we were looking at her student debt. I'm like retraining. Not great. This, this was an opportunity only because it's an industry that you can get into without formal education. Mm -hmm. And there are very few of those left. I think that's unfortunate. I think there are very few careers that really actually require education and a few that that require educate or like should require education that they really don't so you know i mean those are those are broader topics that <laughs> maybe don't need there to as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's going to be another tangent <laughs> yeah, why is there not a license for this okay. yeah, true enough true enough so okay so so you went the uh, the self-taught route knock that yeah. that friend on the shoulder and say hey teach me four loops and, and let's go Yeah, yeah, it was it was very much I <laughs> I started on the internet at Code Academy and I was looking at Java and I'm trying to like learn Java and I go to my buddy and I'm like, "All right, so this Java thing I'm trying to learn." And he just laughs at me and says, "Hey, come over, let's talk for a minute. I'm going to show you what I do and I'm going to give you some advice on a direction to go." And he was like, "Bet on JavaScript, learn JavaScript." And then once I got a little further into that, he he very heavily suggested that I go into React, which I did. And it's those have been some of the best decisions that I've made in my career. I mean, it's they have made up my career. Not to say that another path couldn't have worked. I think it could have, but in in my current market and also the way that my brain works, it it seemed to line up pretty well for me. But I I spent a lot of time on freecodecamp.org, which is exactly what you think it is. It is a free code camp. And it is built by the community for the community. I believe his name is Quincy Larson runs this. Mm -hmm. And he just the, the benevolence, the, the absolute just gift that he has created in, in the wake of coding boot camps that are like blatantly predatory, which is another thing we don't really need to get into, but like <laughs> they are out there. Beware if you're a new developer trying to get into this, like be very, very cautious. Mm-hmm. Being self-taught is not the only way. A lot of people work better in, in a classroom environment. I totally understand that. And sometimes that's absolutely worth the investment. For me, the amount of motivation I had just in the form of, I'm not going to be able to eat if I don't make this work, made self-teaching an option. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so that worked really well for me. I did a lot of West Boss courses. Mm -hmm. Okay. I went through and did everything that he offers for free. And then I'm like, okay, he's got a React class. Like, I'm going to just, it was, I think it was $100. And I was like, I'm going to spend oh, a whole $100. And at the time, that was really painful for me, right? Uh, now I look back at it and I'm like, that is the cheapest $100. Like, 
if, if that makes sense. ROI. Yeah. So, um, you know, just every single day. One of the things I've kind of glossed over here is because my career at the time was, I don't want to say like falling apart, but it, it really was. I had a lot of extra time on my hands and that's not something that a lot of people have. And so like I had the privilege of this huge amount of time to like sit on a laptop on my patio and go through West Boss courses or go through free code camp classes and like try and validate that. And one of the ways that I tried to validate that was, was going to meetups, which again, not an option for people right now, you know, because of the the world that we live in and we'll probably continue to live in for a long time. But, you know, meetups in person are something that absolutely changed my, my prospects as, as a new person trying to reenter tech. Mm-hmm. Um, you said, you said you, you validated your, your knowledge, I, I assume by going to meetup. Yeah. What, what do you mean exactly by this? So this, this is something, when you ask this, the only thing I can think of is Stuart Runyon, who eventually became one, one of my, bosses. But at the time I, I met him at a meetup and he was like, this is a great place where you can hear people say the words that you've been reading and you don't really know how they're pronounced. <laughs> I'm like, that's absolutely perfect and exactly what I needed. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, th- this is, you, you speak multiple languages. I do not, but I think it is akin to these things when you are reading them, hearing it just orally, orally, a U like in the ear, not orally, like in your mouth. Never mind. Hearing, hearing it out loud makes a difference in how you perceive things. And so definitely trying to talk the talk and trying to communicate problems that I'm having. Like this is, this is something that we have to do on teams as developers at all levels is mm-hmm. describing problems, describing possible solutions and trying to interpret somebody else's ideas and like piecing that together. And so like meetups were so crucial to me in this time. And and it's it's really unfortunate that they've kind of fallen apart. I haven't been to a meetup in I mean years at this point. They've gone online and I still haven't participated. I've got a kid now and so like that plays into it for sure, but yeah, it's it's <laughs> Really interesting kind of thinking back on that time, what it what it felt like walking into those rooms, hearing people say this stuff, and it was really exciting. And then I would get a phone call from a family or a kid that needed some advice or some help. And it was like this strange juxtaposition, this like transitional space. Oh God. It's it's honestly kind of emotional thinking back on it. It's very strange. That that's the best compliment for for what we're doing. So <laughs> If, if you're on nostalgia train, that that's good. No, yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. So that, that's fun. Uh, I, why I ask about this validation is uh, because in, in my career, I've been I've been going in and out of development for a while. Very early in my career, I started moving toward the more the people side. So I want, don't want to say management, really the people side. And I fought against this for a while. And so I, I always drifted and then quit and come back and, and drifted again in next job and, and quit and come back. And at some point I said, okay, let, let's give it a go. And I tried it for almost a year. And I remember after trying to come back to development 
uh, was pretty much what you described. And I would have used the word validated as well, but in, in a slightly different context. I, think I, I went back to, that, that, uh, at that time, I, I went back to .NET. That was my uh, the language I was on, or the uh, technology I was on, and really trying to understand everything that's going on in a talk and saying, okay, am I able to follow and be almost at, at the same pace as the speaker? Meaning I'm, I'm not trying to catch up the whole time and, and really trying to understand what, what they say. I'm really, okay, it's logical. I can see where they're going, et cetera. So, so I'm really at the bleeding edge. And, and if that's it, then then I validated that I'm, I'm, I'm back, basically. I'm back at the level I want it to be where I can really follow up what's, what's happening. It's not the bleeding edge, obviously, uh, worldwide, but it's right. the bleeding edge around me. And so that's good enough that I say, okay, now, now, now I'm good enough. And, and that leads to my next question, which is, when did you feel good enough to say, okay, now I, I get away from my patio and I start working in this industry? Okay. When did I feel good enough? This makes an assumption that I'm there. Because I, th I think there's like, I, I think it's a little bit fetishized in, in like the, this like deep uh, humility of like, I'm always a junior dev, right? And I, I remember hearing that as as a junior dev and thinking like, no, you're not a junior. That's kind of insulting. Like, if I can aspire to be your level of junior, it just felt very weird to me. So skipping forward to where I felt, I want to just use the word competent because the first couple of jobs I had, the, like there were there were problems there. Some of them mine, some of them organizational. The first place that I felt competent is is probably... I was hired at an agency to help them transition from doing Drupal work to doing Jamstack, right? So they've been building in this monolith and are, you know, their, their leadership had a desire to start to market to their clients like, hey, we can do this other type of work too <laughs> and expand their client base. And so I was brought in to introduce that. I was also learning on the fly as I was in there, which sounds like, oh, you didn't know what you were doing, which like, let's be honest, it's true. But I knew at that point, so I had, I had come from a startup where it was a company of like seven people, five of which are engineers. And like that, it was, it was such an amazing time, but it gave me insights into how do these people actually accomplish things? And it's not because they have this like deep understanding of like the intricacies of how the application is going to work. They know how to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I felt really confident in my ability to figure something out. And, and I know that given a little bit of time, I can make this thing work. And, and what I put together at this agency was was a few different things. One, it was a stack. I was handed a relationship with some folks over at Gatsby, which was an absolute godsend. Like to be given those connections, it really it really opened a lot of things up for me and put me where I am in my career today. But I also put together something that comes from my previous career. I put together a comprehensive education program for the PHP developers to to come up on JavaScript, modern JavaScript, and Jamstack, Gatsby, which also comes with GraphQL, which is like these are a lot of steep learning curves if you're not familiar with them. So I was very proud of, of what we were able to accomplish there. And I think a lot of the engineers there really liked that work and hopefully have continued. I haven't 
kept in touch with many of them. That, that, that is very cool. I like the way you, you formulated it, saying, well, they, they have the, uh, I'm not going to be able to, to quote you verbatim, but say, well, they, they, they have the, uh, the confidence that they're going to figure it out. And this, right. this is really one thing I've, I've observed as well. It's really the difference between, between good developers, because they have the knowledge, they've been doing it, etc., and and really great developers who don't have the knowledge yet, but they have enough understanding to say, yeah, I know I'm going to figure it out. And, and the confidence and, and really, they, 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 and they, they usually do. They usually do. They usually have two, three paths, so possible path, and they will try them in their heads and say, well, I have a feeling that this one is better. And actually it works. And this is amazing to see how people can, can just project uh, in the future and say, well, I have the feeling that this is going to be right. And, and this works. I'm amazed when I see this. Uh, a, few, a few engineers in my, in my team right now who are just amazing at this. And I'm always looking at them saying, I see so many possibilities of how this could fail. <laughs> I say, well, <laughs> I have a strong conviction it's going to work. I say, okay, you're the boss. But, uh, I, yeah. I, I know if you do, then I know you do. <laughs> I'm yeah. amazed at this. This is an ability which is absolutely uh, outstanding. Yeah, one of, the, one of the things my coworker says uh, often, he says, it's software, we can do anything. I'm like, true, yeah, no. that's true. Don't say that in front of stakeholders. <laughs> like, let's try and put some like reasonable limitations around this stuff. But it's... It, but it's not wrong, and that's oh. you know I I think it it takes some some experience, but some I, I think there's a bit of I don't want to say a mental attitude because that's vague enough to be meaningless, but I I think it takes some kind of stupid confidence <laughs> to like say yeah let's do it and not really have a full plan, but you just have this idea that. Well, it's software. We we can do anything with it. I managed to do all of these other things that, you know, I didn't really know how to do when I started. Yeah, we can totally do that. Mm -hmm. So, please go ahead. ahead. What I've seen, what I've seen a couple of times, is that they have, and I say they because I don't count myself in in this club. Actually, they they really have the understanding of the lowest common denominator, and they kind of always have an idea of how they could make it as crappy as possible, but working. And so if, if all, if all hell uh, breaks loose, they know they can come back to option Z and, and it's going to work. And I've seen this a couple of times with people saying, well, well, yeah, those two, those two softwares are not talking, but we'll come back to a text file and we're going to dump things here and we're going to uh, X copy it on the, on the other side and, and important on the other side. And it's going to work. It's absolutely not nice, <laughs> but it yeah. works. And, and when, you, when you know this from the get-go that this could be working, then I guess this, uh, this, this confidence starts coming because you say, well, Anything better than this is nice. <laughs> so <laughs> let's try. What you're saying is really, really hilarious because I so I have seen people think this way. I have thought this way when when features or whatever are, are being pitched or being demanded. Exactly that. Okay. At the very least, I can, you know, write this to a bucket, read it over here, or you know, build some sort of integration around this or that. And this is this is the terrible way to do it. I know I can get to, to the end goal. I don't want to do that. So I'm going to spend some time trying to figure a better way to do it. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I haven't heard that quite articulated in that way. Because I think I think a lot of people, 
want to project that they their mind works like that thinking meme with all of the formulas you know, flying around and all of this when really it's like a little bit of duct tape and rope. Yep. I can make that work, but we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see if we can 3d print some pieces around it and, and make it, you know, just less, less crash fire. Yeah, then you're motivated to not doing this. Right. So, oh God, yeah. that would be so terrible. I, we need to find a way to not do this. But it's really something I've seen, I've seen in the, in the, especially in the startup world where you're really trying to make it work. You, you don't have the time, you don't have the resources, you don't have the, the luxury of, of doing it fine. And so you're just going fast. And and when you say, okay, now we, we should probably not use duct tape this time, then, then it's time to graduate and do something else. But it's always the first thing you have to think is, okay, what would be fast and working? Okay, why is it not the right thing to do? <laughs> <laughs> and and so this this is something that as I see nowadays I, I work for a startup right now and so I, I'm I'm surrounded by 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 this and really this discussion this is the crappy way to do it why is it not the right way why should we invest more and and uh, there's always a good reason to do it but at least you do it for the right reason and not because you have to do it the craftsmanship way and have a hundred percent coverage of your tests before you can do anything else <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Oh, tests? what are those. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we write TypeScript. We don't need tests. Exactly. The, the types are doing it for you, right? <laughs> yeah, that's just going to break Twitter. Okay, so let's let's go back to, to, to that job because we, we, before we dwell a bit too much on it. So you said that was very interesting. You did some training material as well for the uh, the, developer, the former developers who were on this drop system in PHP and mm -hmm. to help them transition to this Jamstack. So more JavaScript and FQL you mentioned as well. Was it something that you had pictured being part of your work a few years prior, doing, doing that kind of, uh, of exercise? So considering my introduction to development was West Boss, I aspired to be Ooh. West Boss, which I don't have the same interest in, in doing that type of work now. I love, I love public speaking. I mean, there was a whole prior career, lots and lots of people work and interaction, and I, and I still want that to be part of my job. But at that, at that particular time, absolutely, I was like, I'm going to record some YouTube videos. They're still up there. It's it's. Kind of, I should go look at them and see how bad they are. But yeah, I, I did some YouTube videos and we, we also started incorporating some other people's, it, it wasn't just me like making training material. I used some, some good stuff, some West Boss, some stuff from Front End Masters, I think some stuff from Egghead. So like it was, it was a very broad, like we're going to go through the best course material I can find. And when we hit roadblocks is really where I started to like try to fill in the gaps with some of these videos. I don't remember what they were. I know I did one on, on like dealing with arrays and I did some stuff specifically around Gatsby. Oh, and then we wrote. <laughs> so it, like this, this, this job was, was hugely forward for me in a few different ways because not only was I getting to kind of live out some of that dream and use some of that kind of educational skill set, but also we got to build some of the like feature set that Gatsby used with Drupal specifically. So the shop was not going to move entirely away from Drupal. That would be a very weird thing for them to do. Drupal is a phenomenal backend and works headlessly very well. And so that's that's what they wanted to do. But there was not a very good preview experience around this. And so what I helped write with another engineer there was the Gatsby Drupal preview plugin, mm -hmm. which is simple. It's just some HTTP requests going back and forth. So we did exactly what we were just describing, where like 
well, how can I make this work? Well, if it gets, like if we just set up some web hooks, we can kind of ping the local host and have that connect with, you know, Drupal in some way when something changes and okay, how can we reduce the latency of this? How can we increase the accuracy? Can we just send a diff? Can we parse the diff on the client? Like we, we started at, you know, duct tape and buckets and ended up with mostly duct tape and buckets. I actually used, so this is, this is Gatsby. Their huge nemesis is Next.js, which was built by Zeit at the time, who had a an HTTP client framework called Micro. I don't know if you're ever familiar with it. Okay, not sure. Really. I know it's the name. Just little little micro little tiny request like Node fetch client, right? Mm-hmm. Now now that fetch is like baked into the latest Node, great, fantastic. We need that. But Micro is is what I used instead of they had not exposed their Express instance internally yet. So I built a competing product HTTP request client into Gatsby for a short, short period of time. That tickles me just a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> and it should. <laughs> both both good and bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they they saw it and they were like, you why don't you why aren't you just using Express? I'm like, it's not exposed. I can't make a request with your instance. There's no way for me to get at it. They're like, oh yeah, we should do that. Yeah, it'll make writing plugins a lot easier. <laughs> it and it did, and it and it does. They've done a lot of really good stuff in Gatsby, mm-hmm. but, the, but the the exercise is always good. Uh, having to uh, to go that deep and say, okay, how how would I I do this if I had to? And really go through the exercise, and then at the end find that oh, somebody already did it. Okay, yeah, <laughs> now, now I know how they did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. So, is this something that you're not expressly um, doing on purpose now? This training piece and this teaching piece. So sadly, teaching is not really part of what I'm doing now. So after after this agency, I moved on to a larger tech company. Well, a larger business company that does tech. It's DocuSign. Uh, so like e-signature stuff, that's, everybody knows what they do. If you've ever bought a house, you've used DocuSign and like three other competing products because nobody can like settle around just one product anyway. So I, I came in and this is, this is where, you know, I work with, this is where things came full circle. My, my buddy was working here. He was like, Hey, we need an engineer brought me onto his team. We replatformed off of like Magento for some e-com stuff. We like we accomplished a whole lot. Some like internal change stuff happened. We he went onto a different team. I went onto this new team, and our goal was doing exactly the thing that I've now pigeoned my whole pigeonholed myself to do, which is replatforming away from Drupal. So we have now like replatformed DocuSign.com and other web properties that we own from Drupal 7 and Drupal 9 onto a headless Jamstack type of thing. And so I don't get to teach people about this other than kind of onboarding already really great engineers. The the thing that I that I that I get to do now that I find really valuable is like we've managed to build this team and that's something that I didn't really have a desire to do. It just kind of fell in my lap and like interviews started showing up on my schedule and like there were people attached to these interviews and I talked to them and like 
figure out, you know, what, what their fit would be like on our team. It was, it was just kind of this interesting experience to go from like, I'm just an engineer to now I have this, you, you, you were kind of alluding to it earlier. Like you've vacillated between people work and engineering work and they are very, very different worlds. When it comes to people work, I, I feel like I have a, an unfair advantage because I did that for years, you know, talking and dealing with people and dealing with crisis and all of this kind of stuff and delivering hard news and, and trying to motivate people. Like all of that stuff is, is in my wheelhouse. And so like, I've had to kind of pull that out a bit while at the same time delivering engineering goods. So like it, I've gone to now spanning a huge amount of just territory in, in what I do and what I'm responsible for. It's very weird. And I don't know if it's apparent as I'm talking, I'm also having this realization live. Best, best comment ever. <laughs> yeah, that, that, uh, that's what I wanted to say. I, I, you look puzzled, not, 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 <laughs> not, not happy, not unhappy, just puzzled. And uh, maybe to, to, to pin it back to something else that you said, you said, well, I, I pigeonholed myself into, into this kind of work. You could have said, oh, well, I, I, I kind of created an expertise in this. <laughs> uh, well, do you have an idea what, why you, you chose those words? So I, I think because I would prefer to be a generalist, which I am now, yes, you in my current role, quite a generalist. But so seeing these projects that, that I've been able to work on where I'm doing these, these migrations and, and moving on to like a very specific stack, like I, I have developed expertise in that. I, I do, you know, kind of know how to plan and, and execute these projects and, and do them in ways that are more, more or less efficient. They're, they're difficult, large think pieces really, because you have to have an understanding of where we're coming from and where we need to go and what the needs are on, on kind of the, the latter end of that. It becomes very big in my mind. And sometimes I would just rather be an engineer that gets tickets mm -hmm. and executes the tickets and doesn't really have to do everything else around it. Does that make sense? Oh, yes, it does. Okay. <laughs> I, I had this, uh, this, so I, I have a full management job now. I, I'm really completely on the other side. And uh, three weeks ago, we did a hackathon. And so really four days nonstop coding. And and most of my coworkers, since I, I changed jobs about a year ago, hadn't seen me write out a single line of code. It was, was really saying, what? You can code? <laughs> and so that was the first realization. And the second one was, oh, it does so good. It, it's so enjoyable. You get some yeah. fixes every 20 minutes. You, you mm -hmm. manage to do something and said, ah, oh. and then 20 minutes later, ah, oh, again, ah, oh, it works. And then you're in you rage for 20 minutes because it's not working. And then you get a fix again. And, and it's, it's, I don't want to say simple, but it's, you get this quick rewards and, mm -hmm. and it really makes your day. It, it brings a rhythm. It's, it's a different scope of problems. And sometimes it does really, really good. So I understand what, what, you're, what you're saying. And, but I enjoy going back to, to my daily life with juggling with 25 balls and not being able to juggle three at the same time. Uh, <laughs> and really, but that's the kind of problem I like. But I, I really went back to this and say, oh, yeah, I remember why it was so great. And, uh, and I, I get it. And so somewhere in the middle, I guess, would be the, the, the right balance. But yeah, I think, I think so. That, that's usually a place where I ask for, for an advice. And I'm... I'm struggling with it. Let's try it. Okay. You, 
is there something that you could have told you, you talked you, you told us about this dark place that you had or this this detour that you took is there something you could have told yourself now knowing all the old what you've lived now in in the te in this tech side and and what it brought to you and we've seen you in this memory lane in in the past 20 minutes realizing things etc is there something you could have told yourself back then to to help your your former self i know it's a slippery slope but yeah yeah it's a it's a slippery slope i don't know my my former self would thoroughly freak out at the concept of time travel or sending messages through time. Like <laughs> I, I think I could do more damage like this than anything else. Fair um, enough. <laughs> but on, honestly, like it, it sounds cliche, but uh, that being part of who I am is really valuable for me. Mm -hmm. And I, and I feel like people coming into this from, we call them alternative backgrounds or non-traditional back people who didn't go to school for CS, C, CS, computer science or, or engineering degrees. Or if, if you landed here and, you know, this is second or third, or fourth career, or whatever, I feel like those backgrounds have a lot of value. So I, I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, there are probably some things, but... <laughs> Off the top of my head, really. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot, so no worries. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the the broader picture, I'm I'm pleased with where I'm at. Other than feeling like, oh yeah, I've got I'm coming up on 40 and probably should be further along in in the career, but I've made up for that by making some aggressive moves. And you seem to be having fun, which is the most one can hope for. That's true. It is fun. <laughs> It is indeed. And the last 45 minutes have been fun as well. Brent, it's been a blast. Thank you very much. This was great. Thanks for having me. Where could people find you online and start a discussion or continue this fun discussion with you? So I'm on Twitter at Grant Glidewell. I also co-host a podcast with Austin Gill called The Function Call. That has a Twitter handle of The F and Call or TheFNCall.com. God, I love that show name. It's so good. <laughs> We, we generally just chat and have a good time. Usually not too serious. Like it should be. <laughs> yeah, well, when, when I end the call with, with cheek aches, that's because if we've been laughing and that's good. And that's pretty much the case right now. So <laughs> we did good. Anything else you want to plug in? No, no. That's all I got. Awesome. Then thank you again. It's really been a blast. And I hope we can, we can catch up again someday. Absolutely. And this has been another episode of Depth's Journey. And we see each other next week. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode. If you like the show, please share, rate, and review. It helps more listeners discover those stories. You can find the links to all the platforms the show appears on on our website, devjourney.info slash subscribe. Creating the show every week takes a lot of time, energy, and, of course, money. Would you please help me continue bringing out those inspiring stories every week by pledging a small monthly donation? You'll find our Patreon link at devjourney.info slash donate. And finally, don't hesitate to reach out and tell me how this week's story is shaping your future. You can find me on Twitter. I am at timothep, T-I-M-O-T-H-E-P, or per email, info at devjourney.info. Talk to you soon.